Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We've got another fabulous lineup for all of you today. You know, Benny, I want to start with you. Yeah. Over the years, right, uh-huh. we have been, and you know this about me, I love doing shows <laughs> about music and meaning, mm-hmm. right? No, of course. I love it. Yeah. I mean, one of the best shows we've ever done was when we brought people on that created fabulous music. But the music wasn't just music. The music was mindful. It had powerful messages in it. Today, I have a super announcement for everybody. So thrilled, so thrilled that we are now connecting with, and you all are going to hear this music a lot from Dudley and Dean Evanson. Now, I'm just, just remember Dudley and Dean. And the reason I'm saying that is today we're talking about mindfully living the dream. But one of the things we're also doing is that they have uh, given us permission throughout Transformation Radio to play their music. And so very excited about this because it is about the energy and the vibration of things. And you all have heard me talk about this a gazillion times about the fact that we are in one of the most expansive and open times that we've been in, and according to my astrologer friends, 10 to 12 years, 12 years, they said. So that is why today we're going to be getting the history, the storytelling of how two people come together, when they come together, and what they create together. Even if you're looking at Dean and you're thinking, wow, a master's in molecular biology, classical music training, and these two together, you're going to hear their story. I don't want to give it away. Create the most amazing transformative music you're going to hear throughout the show today. They've got a brand new, a brand new album also. But today it's about their story introducing who they are to all of you getting plugged in and we also benny have a copy of quieting the monkey mind book and soundings music sampler to give away today on the show now i'm not going to tell you all the different places you can find them but i am going to tell you the website is soundings with an s.com welcome to both of you it's great to have you thank you it's great to be here thank you dr pat you know, I love, I love, I love the story you're about to tell. I just love it. I love how we step out in our lives, maybe not in a way that we ever thought we would, but stepping out, following our life, some rocky roads along the way. It's not always like beauty and bliss, rocky roads. But here we are today, 
talking about the exquisite nature of what you do. So let's dig in. You know, I want to ask you, go back to the early days, right? Is any of what I said true? Is it really true? A master's in molecular biology, Dean, is that really true? Yes, it is true. In fact, I was at University of Maine and I had a fellowship from the NSF and I was studying molecular biology. But one of the things I noticed while I was doing this work was that I was spending most of my time playing music on the outside in a folk group, in a rock group, and uh, films, film scores for movies, for art professors and things like that. So I re-examined what I, where I was headed and decided to go into music because that was really where my love was. Mm. Although I got into molecular biology to find out what science knew about life. <laughs> and the chair of the department at one point says to me, I guess they don't know how little we know about life right now. Wow. Continue to be interested in what life is all about on a spiritual and on a material level. I'm really struck by how much we have in common. You know, I, I think for me, I wanted to know for myself, for sure, because of myself, right? How does the mind work? How does the mind work? And so I decided to go back to school. But let me ask you this. Um, and Dudley, let's go to you. From you, your early beginnings, you know, what was it about you at a young age that called you forward, called you forward? And did you have to step in a few potholes along the way? Well, when I got out of college, I went, I studied art history. That was my, my major. But what I, I really had a passion for art and, and for travel. So I ended up traveling around the world and went, worked at Pan Am Airlines in New York. It was a reservation and took my sister around the world. And then we, um, I ended up living in Japan. And so that was uh, pretty exciting because I really got into photography there. And that was my, became my path. And when I moved to New York, um, it was, um, you know, just trying to find my own space in terms of what I was going to do with my art. And lo and behold, one day I was, we, I lived in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I was going across the hall because the apartment had been empty. And I went to, um, dance and do yoga on the floor there it was just a nice empty space except this guy was opening the door he'd already moved in and I thought oh oops <laughs> you know? that guy right there but, yeah this said uh, this very guy with no hair on the bottom you know he had hair on top he had those John Lennon glasses and <laughs> he just gotten out of graduate school so you know I invited him over for tea and we became friends so it was a really uh, we had a long um growing friendship and that i will say is probably what has allowed us to be together for 50 years so wow. we met in 1968 wow. and we've been that long we got married in 1970 1970 is the year dean stopped shaving we got married and we bought our first video portapack so that wow. was really 
Well, let's talk about this for a minute because our stories are so important to us. Yeah. I, I think Dean, I think I stopped shaving in 1972, just saying. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but part of the story is here you meet, how did you discover each other's talent? We just hung out with each other and found out where our personal interests were we and both, our passions were. Yeah, we both had a passion for doing something meaningful in the world um, through our art, but we were also were concerned about the world and we wanted to do something that we would use our media, our art forms, our music, our video to uh, make a difference. And we both, we really cared about that. And that's how the portable video thing uh, became a, a whole movement at the time in the early 70s. I, I want to talk to you about that, Dudley, because uh, people don't know that your first venue in the world, and I must say this, back in 1968, 1970, and we're going to hear about your story together, but you were a pioneer in, in essence. Uh, look, if we go back in time, you know, those of you that were out there doing videotaping, videotaping things historically, videotaping life, videotaping. Most people looked at you with like a like three eyes, like seriously, why is this gonna be anything? Fast forward to where we are, it is a thing by the way. Um, but what is it that influenced you along the way? You know, what was your draw to videotape? You know, I mean, honestly, when we think about it today, it's really look at humanity in that lens, certainly. What was that like for you? Well, part of it was we believed that everyday people were important. And I think what you see today is a, a mass movement of through YouTube and, uh, and other programs like your own, where we're really recognizing that everyday people are quite interesting and have really uh, important information and good stories. So we pointed our camera at people. We weren't all on the celebrity hunt because when we started doing video, this was 1970, uh, we were, it was a half inch black and white porta pack. What was it, a 35 pound deck? And, yeah, and an eight pound camera. Yeah, connected by a cable. Now, our, um, this is, this, this is uh, way better quality. We were dealing with something real, real low level in terms of quality, but it was the first time that people, everyday people, had the tools of media in their hands. And so that was our passion. And we taught workshops at the Metropolitan Museum of Art for kids from Harlem or the Bronx or upstate, you know, upstate. And um, it was just like, we wanted to share this. And we published a newspaper called Radical Software. That's when software meant the content. Hardware was the equipment. Yeah. Software was the content. And now, you know, now to be taken for granted, it's not as big of a deal. However, then it was a very important time. So we really learned a lot. And we pointed our camera where we wanted to learn. Wow. Wanted people to see themselves on the television because they didn't see regular people on television in those days. It was all totally corporate controlled. And what we were pushing for was to let people see themselves and empower themselves and to love themselves and make themselves better by re respecting themselves. Mm. Wow, so true about that. And I think we're really hungry for that now. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, you both, you, both of you are known globally, right? You're, you're known as pioneers. And what I mean by that is sound healing pioneers. But the journey for you, especially in the early years, 
wasn't based on lavishness or what people think when they talk about and hear about musicians today. Your, your journey together and what happened after you did meet led you on a path. But it also, you know, you traveled around in a bus. Yep. We lived in Woodstock. We lived in Woodstock, New York, after we left New York City. Uh, we moved upstate New York and we didn't go to the concert. We knew it was going to be rainy and there would be too many people, oh. so we chose not to go. But we ended oh. up living in the town of Woodstock. That was pretty precious. And uh, during that time of living in community and growing gardens and, you know, that whole um, live out in the country with a bunch of people type thing happened. But we ended up getting a school bus, a half size school bus, and we renovated it and put a bed in it. And we traveled to Florida and I gave birth to our second daughter in the bus on a Florida <laughs> island. Which we videotaped. So we have a videotape of that. And it was just, um, we were traveling around. It was an important time. Plus, we had become uh, very interested in Native American, uh, the, the understanding and the perspective that we need to respect our Mother Earth and that we are dependent on this planet for everything, really, everything physical and many, much of our spiritual um, path. But we're not taking care of it. And we had gone to Stockholm, Sweden in the 1972 and the Earth uh, the UN had an Earth Summit there, and it was all the countries coming together to talk about the environment. And one of the things that happened was Stuart Brand of the Whole Earth Catalog sent over or supported 15 Native Americans to go to this conference because part it was part of in their prophecies that this would happen. And so we got the benefit of meeting these native elders and videotaping them. Wow. And with videotaping them, we got into their belief systems much deeper than just talking to someone. And wow. that opened up a whole new aspect to us for really taking care of the planet because it was a living, is a living thing. And it is supplying us with all our needs. We're kind of shoveling out more than our needs at this point and overtaking the earth and putting it in a strained position. Yeah. And by the way, whatever we think we're doing today, given the rise of capitalism and economic growth, in countries that had not been participating at that level, the prediction is exponentially within the next three years, not 10. Remember, it used to be 10 or the next 20 years, but the next three years, the effect of that will be felt by all. We're doing something very different today, everyone. We're going to give you, first of all, a lot of information when we come back. During our breaks, we are actually going to play Fabulous music. Tell us about the track folks are about to hear now. I'm not sure oh, which track it is. Uh, Desert Dawn Song. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, after years of doing um, the video and we had no outlet. We really predated VCRs and video cassettes. There was no way. We had a, a map of the country. There were 200 little stars on it that where we had playback decks. So that's how preliminary we were. 
So what happened is um, we ended up in Tucson, Arizona, and we recorded a Ramdas lecture. And that was, um, he let us sell, uh, sell the tapes. We got 50 orders. So we thought, aha, people have cassette players at home. So Dean decided to go out and, rec well, we recorded the Ramdas lecture, but we also recorded our own music and the birds. Yeah, we wanted to bring the message of the environment into the spaces in the urban areas that were making decisions about the environment. So we thought the way to do that, we'd been listening to these native elders, but to translate them and get them smoothly, uh, get a smooth program set up was a little difficult. So we said, well, let's try it with music and environmental sounds. So we went out and recorded the birds in the desert as the sun was coming up and then took that beautiful song of the birds into the studio and created an album called Desert Dawn Song. Wow. So that's, the, that's what you're going to hear a little bit of. Let's do it. And again, I'm just saying to all of you listening or watching on Facebook, our breaks will be filled with music. Benny, take it away.
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, everybody. And yes, as we said earlier in the show, if you're just tuning in, you know, you're going to be hearing various tracks and also the story about the tracks, you know, because we have now partnered with uh, Dudley and Dean. And, and the reason we're partnering is because, you know, we're talking about soundings and soundings of the planet. And we're talking about what that means. But more importantly, you know, we are in a time and an opportunity to really heal, heal ourselves, heal the planet. And it does need healing. And so throughout the show today, especially in between, you're going to hear this fabulous music. Um, but Dudley, tell us a little bit now, uh, you know, you shared a little bit of the backstory about the video and about the music. And yet, you know, here we are today, you're still creating soundings for the planet, soundings for healing. And so tell us about what's upcoming for you. Well, the track you just heard is from the album Desert Dawn Song, and that was the very one of the very first albums we did when we released that with the Ram Dass tape and some others. But we're also doing a 40th anniversary collection. So peace through music has been our motto ever since uh, we started doing this. We just had the intention of bringing more peace into people's lives. So this Peace Through Music 40th Anniversary Collection is just being released um, on Amazon, well, all digital uh, services today. Um, so by the time somebody listens to this later, it'll be available. And it's an album that's a compilation of 20 tracks. So we pick some of the most, you know, uh, best tracks from all these different artists that we've been collaborating with. And that's been a really fun process. Uh, over the years, because Dean and I have just been magnets for music. Now, I didn't grow up playing music. I was more like dance around the living room kind of thing. Girl. <laughs> but Dean, he was the musician. And the musicians that we collaborated with were many of them classically trained or, um, or in um, we are from China, trained on the uh, Guchin, uh, Lee Shanting, Tom Barabbas, he's a Hungarian pianist. He's collaborated with Dean on so many albums. Um, D. Rachel's a harpist that performs. She lives in Mexico. Scott Huckabee is our amazing guitarist. So we have uh, just a bevy of friends. Lately, um, uh, we just did an album with Peter Ali. He's a Native American flutist. Mm -hmm. and then, but his father's from Morocco. His mother's um, Pima Indian. And then uh, Pete, uh, Tim Alexander is another artist that we've been collaborating with. Now, you may know him from Primus, the band Primus. Mm -hmm. He's an innovative wow. from Primus. So he just did an album called Net of Indra with Dean. So this, this um, compilation that's just coming out literally today is available um, you know, wherever you do your downloads or even listen on streaming. And that's the other thing. The streaming has become a really big thing for us. Yeah. I mean, it's become a big thing for everybody, really. I mean, um, you know, no matter how you look at it, we are communicating very differently than we did 10 years ago. Um, I want to make sure everybody has the website soundingswithanes.com. The other thing is you're also the author of a book called Quieting the Monkey Mind. And so we would love to give a copy of that away to folks, right? And so how can people get a copy of the book? Well, they can go on Amazon. Or, um, it's available. It's also available as an ebook, Quieting the Monkey Mind, How to Meditate with Music. And for years, uh, Dean and I taught workshops on um, 
we'd teach about the chakras and vocal toning and affirmations and mantra and basically uh, the basic principles of meditation. So what we've done in this book is we pretty much compiled our um, experience, all these years, 40 years with the music and 50 years mm -hmm. of actually studying, uh, I would call it the emerging consciousness because that's what we were pointing our video camera at way back in the 70s. But now it's become more commonplace and that is good that's good yeah. but it, it, we wanted to help people with meditation because it feels like if we can clear our minds if we can clear our monkey minds we are going to um have a better uh, option for ha living a good quality of life and yeah no kidding really i know i gotta work on it every day for sure <laughs> so let's go ahead and give a copy of it away right now benny 1-800-930-2819 1-800-930-2819. You know, there's something else that you, you both did. And, I, and I, I really want to talk about it because in the world we live in today of music, it's actually coming back. And that is both of you started your own label, right? And so when I say that record label, right? How to start a record label. And when we talk about that now, especially in the mega conglomerate world we have now of media, where all media now is really under the guise of two mega corporations, even though there's an illusion that it's not, that's not true. You know, we're now all media, right? Except if you're us, we're independent. So we're not governed by the regulations that other networks are governed by. Um, but this idea of people wanting to keep their music and, and really keep the ownership of it and really honor the musician. That is something that's coming back, but that's something you both were aware of early on, the importance of, right? Yeah. Supporting the artists is, I mean, you can't keep on making music if you're not supported. And music makes such a difference in all our lives with its joy and its happiness and its support. Well, we're, um, we're kind of odd that way too, because we don't think of a state having a stable of musicians are the musicians that we've been, that we started collaborating with in 1979. We're still working with today. Mm -hmm. and they're friends. They're very, very close friends. In fact, on September 28th of 2019, we're going to be doing a big collaborative concert in Bellingham. Uh, bringing together Tom Barabbas, Scott Huckabee, D. Rachel, Jonathan Kramer, Tim Alexander, Peter Ali, Phil Heaven. Phil Heaven is our engineer, and he's our he plays viola, and of course Dean and I. And it's going to be fabulous. So we're really uh, looking forward to that. But it's also just all this year we're celebrating our 40th anniversary. The other thing is we pay our artists royalties. So whenever anything mm -hmm. we get income from any of the ways that people listen to music these days. Um, that adds up and people are earning money. We're actually earning money because our music is played at streaming. I think Dean just passed a billion listens on Pandora alone. So if you yeah. just type Dean Evanson on Pandora or Spotify or any of those places, you'll be able to hear all of his music for free. And oddly enough, it's benefited us partly because we've been so prolific and we have a lot of album, a lot of tracks. Oh, yeah. I mean, the idea of collaboration right now is so important. And by the way, you know, we started to see this trend a couple of years ago. I interviewed Juice Newton and I interviewed her because one of my favorite all time, let's just call them pop songs, uh, is uh, The Sweetest Thing. And 
she was talking about her collaboration with Arthur Young, who just passed away before this interview and who had been with her 30 years. And then also in a conversation that we had with Olivia Newton-John, you don't think about this, right? But when Olivia Newton-John branched out and she said, I'm going to do an album like Grace and Gratitude and, and, and anything thereafter, it was because of this collaboration with you know a woman she had been with for years and years and years. And I want to talk to you about that because I find that the energy of collaboration now is coming together more importantly than it ever has, especially in music. But for you especially, I want to talk about that idea of collaboration along with the idea that your music is unique. Your albums are healing albums. You've met the Dalai Lama on a number of occasions. Tell us about that coming together, if you could. The Dalai Lama part? The Dalai Lama, but also the nature of your music. I think I would I would just say we used to say music of the moment to take you beyond time. It was just some it was music that was being created in the moment. Now it was different than uh, somebody writing down all the notes on paper or even the jazz thing, which is a little is improvisational. So it had an improvisational quality to it. But how would you say it worked in the collaborations? Yeah, the we would get together with other musicians and communicate between us, and we oftentimes focus on a theme of some sort. Like with Li Shanting, our Chinese musician that we work with, one of our songs was based on apple blossoms at springtime. Ah. So it just allowed us to see and put music together that supported the vision that we had. I think too, there's a lot of listening that happens. So, you know, Dean isn't writing all the notes down and saying, okay, you play this part and you play this part. It's a communication. And that is the beauty of music. It is mm -hmm. all about listening and then responding. So we're, they were like the birds in the forest singing back and forth to each other. And that's what it first seemed like when we first started creating this kind of music and nobody had ever heard anything like it. It was so relaxing. Uh, we would sell our uh, cassette tapes at swap meets. People yeah. would to us and say they were just using it for um, the healing or it helped them relax. Or and do children's cancer ward. Yeah. Just started getting information and in that it was really working for people. Yeah, and we now know right? We now know there's the science. There are more research studies being done on this. And I think the reference you make is to what you call earth resonance frequency ERF. And so we're talking about something that you all have known for decades and the rest of the world is now catching up to say, look, there's something powerful here that not only quiets the mind, but allows our innate creativity, that divine wisdom that we've been given as human beings to come to the forefront. We're gonna take a short break. We're gonna play another track right now uh, for everybody out there. And this is exactly what we're talking about. We're gonna be playing Stillness at Midnight. Uh, and so let's play this track. When we come back, we'll be talking about what does it mean to teach, to write, to outreach, to create workshops, to have something that people want to hear more of, but what is it like to come out into the world and share that? 
you know, whether it's spiritual or community activism, music, music campaigns, camps, video, all of the above. We're going to hear about what Dudley and Dean, Dean and Dudley are doing. But listen to this beautiful sound. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you both for sharing this with us today. Um, you know, beautiful is one thing, powerful is is another. 
And what we're discovering now is the, the combination of the energy of life, energy of things. Life is beautiful. It's also powerful. It also brings out so many different aspects within each of, each of us. And I can't help but think about your journey and what it means now to have these years of experience creating music, videos, all of that. And you put it together. You're sharing it in a book. Um, and by the way, the book is, uh, is now gone. We're also going to give a sampler, music sampler away now, Benny, 1-800-930-2819. Um, again, what's the website? What is the best way to find out more about you? And how can people get the music? Well, they can get it anywhere that music is sold, pretty much. Um, but going to our website, you can really connect with all of our different um, social media and all, all the albums that we have and, and videos that we've done. So it's soundings.com, pretty simple. Um, I just want to share, I think Dean might like to share real quickly um, the story of our 800 number, because you have a 93 in your number. Ours is 1-800-93-PEACE. So this is, you'll love this story. Wow, wow. Yeah, I was, I was interested in getting a number, a phone number with peace in it. 800 number. 800 number. And so I approached the salesperson in the phone company about that. And she said, oh, no, there's, <laughs> they're all taken up at this point. It was, could have been for other letters and the way it goes, the way the phone system goes. But uh, so she, le she we left our conversation open, it's telling her that we were still interested. And a month later, she calls me up <laughs> and she says to me, do you still want the peace number? And I said, yeah, for sure. And she said, well, last night I had a dream. And the, in the dream, they, I was told to call you in the morning and tell you that 9-3 Peace was available. Oh. And sure enough, it was. Wow. And he said, do you still want your number? <laughs> wow. I said, of course. So when your telephone operator starts having prophetic dreams about right. 800 number with peace in it, 1-800-93-PEACE, you know, you say, yeah, I definitely want that. <laughs> it's just oh, kind of a fun story. <laughs> I, I know. And, you know, I love that we're talking about that because, you know, these ideas of vision, these ideas of future, these ideas where you can see things. You know, they're so profoundly important. And uh, we're, Benny, we're going to go ahead and skip the third break and go right up to the end. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I know you both have a vision, right? I know there are things that are important to you. And part of that is getting the word, coming to the forefront, being visible in the world to get a message out. I know that was an incredibly important decision for me but I don't know it was easy for me. People don't know that. They think, man, you just show up one day, Pat, and there you are. I am quite the introvert. So in order to say yes, something is had to push me there. You know, there was something in my life that either happened, and I now know what it is. But I will say this. 
part of that was going on a spiritual journey, as we like to call it. At the same time, I was finishing my education. But the spiritual journey, the vision quest, the introduction to Native traditions changed me. It changed me. And I can't help but think about how what you're sharing today changed you, but also put you into to action. So let's talk about the into action part. What does it mean to live the legacy? What does it mean to walk the talk? Well, it just means getting up in the morning and keeping going and having, uh, ideally, having some sort of a spiritual practice. I think that is really important. Dean is just uh, very ardent about his morning exercises. And yeah. you, you don't know this right now, but Dean has Parkinson's. This is something that, you know, you hear you get this diagnosis and it's like, oh, dear. But he hasn't let it bother him. He just says, okay, this is what I have. This is what I'm dealing with. And he is, um, a, a, I would say, a shining example of pushing through adversity instead of feeling all sorry for yourself. It's like, okay, I'm doing it. And he's yeah. no. It's a miracle to be alive with everybody out here. And it's a miracle that we get the, we get these bodies kind of on loan to yeah. live in and become greater beings by living in these bodies. It's yeah. A wonderful gift. You know, I'm so glad we're talking about that, Dean, because, you know, in 2004, I came down with a mystery disease and I never talked about it. I didn't even tell the listeners till later on, you know, about that I actually had this thing, let's call it, that was going to kill me, uh, according to the people was going to affect my quality of life according to the people. And I think about that now, and I think about what you just said, and I'm really struck by two things. One is how you lived your life to enable you to be in the space you're in today with it. Because I don't think that for those of us that are here today and functioning here today, and according to conventional medicine, really shouldn't be functioning today. As a matter of fact, my last uh, MRI that I had of the skeletal bodily thing, the doctor said to me, we don't know how you're walking. And you know, for me, you don't need to know how I'm walking. I'm walking. <laughs> and there is a level of consciousness mm -hmm. around this that you both live every day through who you are, what you bring into the world and what you're creating. And I think, see, for me, that is demonstrative of your vision and mission to heal the planet, right? Yes. Well, we're all born with a purpose of some sort. We all have some gifts and talents. Um, the, our family of origin may help us along or it may sort of hinder us and inspire us to move beyond that. So we're all uh, in this same boat, really. We're just trying our best to find out what, how we can fit in, how we can help. And I will say that each era has its own challenges. A lot of young people today think, oh my gosh, this is so terrible the way it is today. But frankly, you go back 50 years, it's been even worse. Go back a hundred years, way worse. So we have to honor where we're at and what we as a, tri a human tribe have been given. And so we take our blessings, we take the gifts we've been given and we try to mold it into something meaningful and help the people around us. 
So that's, I think, what we need to look at. But you're also both involved with, and I, dare I say it, you know, uh, about a couple of years ago, we stopped talking about activism. And, and then that's what got me fired up to talk about activism again. Uh, because we come back, you, we, the three of us come back, come from a generation where we were activists. I mean, so much so that I did a show the other day on introversion, and one of the people that knew me back then said, Pat, we could see that you were going to do something that had to do with talking. And I said, well, how did you know that? And they said, don't you remember all of the marches you were part of, you know, getting up and having the bullhorn and shout, you know, whatever that was. And I said, you know, I didn't really remember that. But let's talk about the, the where you are in now moving the vision forward. You have all of these videos, right? I, I hope that you make some kind of documentary or something about it. You know, you're involved in spiritual and community activism. You have a peace through music campaign, right? You have a peace through music gala event coming up in Bellingham. Tell us about these things because people are hungry to get involved again. Well, I think, I think it is just whatever it is, is your path, then put your energy into it and work it. And our path has been music and media. And we've had a real good life uh, dealing with all that. Plus we've learned. And I think that was what our, what our video camera meant to us way back from 1970 when we first started is that we wanted to learn about the spirituality of the Native Americans and the people from the East. And we wanted to go deeper into our own faith and just find out how that all fits together, but particularly looking at the planet and, and the environmental uh, impacts that we humans are having on the, on the earth. When we first moved to Bellingham, we became very involved in saving a hundred acre forest right across from where we lived. And you know what, we organized all sorts of meetings and rallies and did videos on it. Videos and we did all that for years and years and years. And people said, oh, you can't fight city hall. No, it won't work. And then they said, well, the, the people, the volunteers will run out of steam and the corporate thing will keep going. But we did not run out of steam. We got to know our neighbors and we became very active in saving what we call the hundred acre wood. 28 years it took us to actually finally after two greenways levies and uh, a park levy and us deciding to tax ourselves as as residents of the area we finally saved the forest but it was just a really good lesson for us that you need to work with your neighbors with your friends your family you work together i think it's wonderful when families can join together in some kind of a project because a lot of times we're far flung and living in different places around the country so how can we work together with our neighbors with our friends and do something meaningful and there is so much need out there there are people who are homeless there are people who are hungry and of course the earth is crying out for our help so whatever we can do to apply our gifts and our talents in those areas. It's each an individual choice. So we just encourage people to, to get out there and be part of it. It isn't about, oh, I'm going to meditate and everything's going to be all perfect. No, it's about action too. Do it. Do it very much. You have to do it. You have to do it. I mean, you know, many of us, I tell this story about growing up in the Bronx in New York and being a kid in New York and, you know, sneaking out, right, at a very young age, sneaking out, 
somehow getting from the Bronx down to Manhattan at this place called Cafe Wa in the village. I don't know if you guys remember that. We know who started it. We we very close to that. Yeah, Roth, right? And and so I remember sneaking out there and seeing the likes of people that have then gone on to be famous, right? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, you know, lanky Bob Dylan, who pulled out a guitar and started to play Arlo Guthrie, and people listening are like, what's she talking about, right? But those things shape us. You know, I never forgot that. I never forgot, you know, being able to go to a place like that and, and being so changed by it. And And I wanted to ask you both about this, because I think we change. I think we we evolve. I mean, I saw a video this morning of um, Joe Biden and awkward Joe Biden, right, doing his own selfie video, trying to talk about what's in the headlines. But here we are. We're in that world where a Joe Biden pulls out his cell phone and creates a video and it goes viral, right? Are we ready now to really take healing the planet seriously and and that's a question I, I ask because i know where i came from and then i had amnesia during my corporate time but then i got over the amnesia and i'm kind of back we're kind of weird though we didn't ever go the corporate route um dean was a recording engineer in new york city that was his last real job except <laughs> other things he did but you know we weren't we didn't do that we we weren't the we were we were blessed, I guess. And part of it is that we met each other and we had the same vision. So that was, um, you know, I think we were both ready to find our soulmates and we, it was just time. So, you know, meeting in the sixties in 68 was a a powerful time, but you know what, everyone's going to have their own story. Everyone has their own path. And I think it's really important to honor where you're at and what your needs are. And then what, what do you, what are your gifts? I really say everyone has gifts and talents. How can they take what they've been given at birth really, or through their uh, family upbringing, if they've been given uh, some privilege, you know, we talk about privilege. We talk about all those things. It's important to accept, okay, I have privilege. I've been given privilege. I'm white. I'm white. That's a privilege right there. And I want to honor that everyone, you know, doesn't necessarily get born with that. So that's, but what do we do with it? Now we have the privilege. How can we give it away? How can we share it? And that's our prayer. That's our prayer every day is thank you for our blessings. And how can we share? Because that's what I believe we're here for. Yeah. Well, I love what you're saying. Dean, tell me your vision because I, 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 uh, Creating music, it's very clear to me, but there are a lot of things that people will hear about you, uh, at least on this network, as we move forward together. Where where are you, Dee? What is your vision as every day you wake up and you're passionate and purposeful with Dudley? You're right there. You're bringing more to the forefront. What is your vision, given what we know about the world today? Do you have a few hours you know, you got you all going to come back. So give us a sneak peek. What do they call it? Give us the trailer. <laughs> My vision is to care for this earth and care for each other and care for ourselves. Learning how to love ourselves, which is a, as I said before, is a miracle in itself. And 
allowing oneself to go deep and go joyously deep, not frustratedly deep, so that we can get in touch with the very essence of our being here. I believe all life has a mandate built into its system, whether it's epigenetic or genetic. It's, we all have it. All the molecules have it. All the earth has it. Wanting to create a greater reality, a greater material world to live in with our spirit. I think that music as a basic vibrational source can do enormous things to help people get to the place of peace and health. Mm. Gets people into their own vibration and coming from the inside out is the thorough way of healing. It's the only way, really. Wow. Dudley, how about you? What's your vision? Well, I'm, I'm 75 years old. And I've got more energy than I've had my whole life, I think. I am cranking, you know, running a music label and doing all this and writing books and doing work, online workshops. We have a, uh, workshops um, on dailyohm.com. I just feel like I, I don't feel time is running out because I think we're probably going to live forever. But I have so many things I still want to do. And I just think about how people retire. My dad retired at 65. And that was, you know, it was kind of a winding down for his life. But I feel like, okay, baby boomers, and we're a little pre-baby boomer, really, because we were born in, in the mid-40s, early 40s. Um, we, many baby boomers did go the corporate route. They went, they had the jobs, they raised the kids, they sent them to college, great. Now they're retired. Now they're looking for, well, uh, oops, what do, I, what do I do to give meaning in my life? So I would say there's any time is a time to, to begin if you haven't started, but, or to keep going, is how can you give, how can you give back? And I know um, our kids are, are already, you know, they're being artists in their own right or doing what they're doing. Um, they're creating. I'm really excited about the new generation. Uh, our granddaughter is involved. She built a tiny home on our land. She's a dancer in Seattle. In fact, tonight, tonight we're going to be going down to Seattle to uh, on April 4th. So this will be, you know, won't be happening when you watch it another time. But it's at the at the Axis Gallery. Our son is a sculptor. You know, wow. we're collaborating with our kids, with our grandkids. Uh, we're just having a good time. And I think, you know. Every time is the time to begin. Every I love it. Get back. Well, you do. And you both are going to be back. And so this is just the beginning of our journey together. Um, please, folks, go to soundings.com. Check it out. Uh, Dean and Dudley will be back. And you're going to hear their music throughout Transformation Radio. Thank you both. Thank you both for part one. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We're going to take a short break, everyone, but listen to this beautiful music. We'll be right back. 